Hey everyone, this is Jason Shappert, and you're listening to the Private Pilot Podcast by M0A.com, where a good pilot is always learning. As a private pilot, what are some ways we can improve our flight maneuvers? Hey everyone, Jason Shappert here of M0A.com, and you are listening to the Private Pilot Podcast, brought to you by our number one rated online ground school. You can visit groundschoolacademy.com to check it out, but perhaps you, uh, maybe you're living under a rock a little bit and you haven't seen our huge announcement of our new learning management system. And it's not just a learning management system, it's 50 hours of new content as well. So that's new private pilot course, which you all will greatly, greatly benefit from. New instrument pilot course, which is where I hope you're gonna go next. Uh, new private instrument pilot boot camps, new remote pilot, initial recurrent, um, just some amazing, really the science of learning has been infused in this. You've heard me say this before, I have three passions. Um, aviation, the science of how we learn, and business, and they, they vary in order uh, as to what's exciting, but all three are definitely passions, and that's why I love M0A, because I get to combine all three of those passions here together. I want to just spend, and you know, our podcasts are short and to the point. Uh, I, I always want to honor your time. The typical average American commute before the coronavirus was around 15 minutes. Your commute is now from your master bedroom to your spare bedroom. So I realize time is even just that much more important nowadays. So I do try to keep these quick and concise, but consistent too. So you can always be listening. Know that we always put out a new episode every single week across all four podcasts. So we produce the Private Pod Podcast, the Instrument Pilot Podcast, the Commercial Pilot Podcast, and the CFI, Certificated Flight Instructor Podcast. No matter where you are in your flight train journey, you could and should be listening to all four of those. In addition to, I know you're already watching the YouTube videos or the Facebook videos, however you consume that. I know you're already, um, anytime we have a live stream or if you're at ground school or you're on the webinars, but it's just immersing ourselves in aviation. That's what ultimately makes us that safer, smarter pilot that we're striving for. So today, I wanna focus on three flight maneuvers with the mindset of taking them beyond the ACS. The ACS is our Airman Certification Standards. And if I can be honest with you, it is the absolute worst you could do and still become a pilot. It's kinda of like, earning a 70% on the knowledge test, right? Like, ah, I just barely got by, but I'm, I'm good enough to be a pilot. No, but there's no room for good enough in aviation, is there? We have to always be striving for more. So today I wanna to talk about how we can improve our steep turns, our slow flight, and our stalls. A very common sequence, uh, pre and post solo, uh, that you're gonna go out and probably do these maneuvers back to back, sometimes and usually even in that order as well. Let's start with steep turns. If you have never seen my steep turns trim tip or technique, you need to go check it out. Uh, I just recently filmed a video. I'm not sure when the marketing team, if by the time this is out, if the marketing team has released it, you need to go check out the newest Steep Turns video. If not, cat's out of the bag. There's a new one coming. You need to make sure you're subscribed on YouTube or follow us on Facebook so you can go ahead and, uh, and see that. But I teach, really, you need to know Steep Turns both ways, hand flying and hands free flying. Allow me to explain. 
I need you to learn steep turns hand flying that airplane. Yes, use trim to help you and everything else, but I need you to learn it feeling the airplane, feeling the changes in the vertical and horizontal components of lift. I need you to feel what the back pressure, what back pressure is required to really make all of this happen. That's what I need you to feel. That's what I need you to really um, work through. And then perhaps most importantly, I need you to look outside. I realize we have the most amazing avionics in 2-3 Mike Zulu. Maybe you have a beautiful avionics suite in front of you as well and you just want to stare at it. You're a private pilot working on a VFR, Visual Flight Rules Certificate. You need to be looking outside. Do you follow me with that? You need to make sure you are truly looking outside. And what I actually teach is to grab one of the rivet lines, at least on a 172, I got two rivet lines kind of working down the cowling. Sometimes in the Piper products, you can get kind of one rivet line down the middle. I realize you're flying a Cirrus or a more composite-based aircraft, and we're all kind of moving that way nowadays. They may not have those rivet lines, but you might have the oil door or something else, just something out there. Maybe it's a, a bump, how, this, how um, the cowling comes up to accommodate the spinner. Whatever it is, I need you looking outside, grabbing a piece of that cowling, rivets, changes in the, in, in how, the shape of the cowling, whatever it is. Grab that spot, the correct spot, and slice it across the horizon. You see, when you hold that spot, that spot kind of tracks up above the horizon, you're climbing. You could also be losing altitude too if you're too slow. If you let it drop, you're descending, right? You're falling and fall behind the horizon. Slice it across the horizon. It'll be different on a turn to the left compared to a turn to the right. So I need you to also be mindful of that. But I want you to practice steep turns, eyes solely outside, hand flying that airplane. I actually, I say used to, again, I'm not taking on uh, students from uh, just the general public anymore. The only students I really take on are the M0A.com team members, and we're almost at the 30 employees right now. It's it's unbelievable how uh, just how blessed we are and how much uh, this business has grown. It is absolutely incredible. Uh, I'm so thankful. It's because of you all, the M0A family, that's made this happen. So I, I realistically only fly with the M0A team now, and boy, uh, it's just so uh, rewarding, so exciting to do such. It's outstanding. And when I'm working with the students, oftentimes when we're working through steep turns, I will cover up the instruments. Usually back when, uh, you know, 23 Mike Zulu was 7159 Quebec and it was all steam gauges, I would get sticky notes and I would cover up everything or a sheet of paper or a sectional chart and cover up everything but the airspeed indicator. Sometimes I'd even cover up the airspeed indicator, making them listen to the airplane to know how fast they're going. I know it sounds crazy, but you can hear the changes in RPM to really know. And then I'd always ask, we'd, we'd, roll, we'd pick a point outside. There's this large power plant in Crystal River. I believe it's since been decommissioned, but we would line up and kind of point towards the power plant way out. It's like you know 50 miles out in the distance. We could see it often on good days, right? The Gulf of Mexico. And I'd say, okay, a 360 degree steep turn back around the power plant. And we would do that. We'd roll out on the power plant and say, how did you think we did? And they'd say, oh, I think I'm 100 feet high, I'm 100 feet low, or I'm right on, whatever it is. Sometimes we'd even hit our wake. You ever done a steep turn so good that you hit your own wake? That's what, You came back to the same point in space um, to hit your own wake. It's pretty impressive when you can pull uh, that off. And you go around and we'll reveal it 
and showmen, oftentimes they are spot on. You have to learn to do steep turns simply by just looking outside of the airplane, not looking inside the airplane at all. Now, from there, I want you to work into using my trim technique. Don't go to the trim technique right away. That trim technique, I didn't say it in, um, in this month's video, and perhaps I should have put a little disclaimer on there that this is a technique for after you've already mastered hand flying steep turns. Then we can get into the more advanced things like utilizing all available cockpit resources, trim being one of those cockpit resources, and trim the airplane up. I want to explain everything I do in the video, but essentially we utilize trim to help us compensate for that change in the vertical and horizontal component of lift. So as we work through our turn, roughly in my aircraft and most airplanes, three rolls are trimmed to the left. When I say a roll, and from the top to the bottom, if you're flying an old Cherokee product where it's up on the ceiling, it's, it's a three rolls, like a lasso kind of roll like that. Um, you get those three rolls in there. Typically, you'll have to figure out what it is for your airplane, but typically, and that will hold all the way through. Now, when you go to roll out though, you've got a lot of nose up trim, so you have to kind of push that nose forward just to hold it right there. So you push that nose forward, work to kind of hold that to, just to make sense of all and to hold that altitude, you just work so hard to grasp. But again, I won't get into the steep turns with trim. You can watch that in the video that may have already posted. Maybe it's due to post here um, in, in a coming, we post every Tuesday, as you know, uh, on a coming Tuesday. So do make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on the M0A Facebook. That's a video, by the way, uh, you're going to want to share as well. And I want to thank you all for not only sharing this podcast, but just continuing to share um, and, and have the content just getting out there to the individuals like yourself. You know, we're not in the business of just making pilots. We're in the business of making safer, smarter pilots. That's who's a member of our M0A family. So you all know that. Let's keep moving forward here so I can honor your time. That was steep turns. I want to spend just a little bit of time on slow flight and then a lot of time I'll spend on stalls here. Slow flight. So if you've been in the aviation game for a while, you're familiar with the term PTS. We used to have something called the PT, well, it still exists, just helicopter still has PTS, CFI is still PTS. PTS is practical test standards. The FAA has been slowly moving everybody over to the ACS, Airman Certification Standards. And one of the big changes between PTS and ACS was slow flight. Slow flight was the big changer. So previously in the PTS world, we would get up to slow flight. We would hang the airplane by the stall warning horn and we would just kind of hold there and do everything but stall, right? We wouldn't stall and if we did, we would just initiate a recovery, but we'd hold it by the stall warning horn. What the slow flight ACS basically says now, and it depends between private and commercial, we'll stick with private though for now, that if the stall warning horn comes on, it requires an instantaneous action from me, which is either discontinue or lower the nose immediately to get that stall warning horn off. And I get why the FAA did this. The FAA did this because when they believe when we we're doing slow flight, we were just teaching students to hang by the stall warning horn, teaching them that it's okay to hear the stall warning horn. And the FAA said, no, it's not okay to hear the stall warning horn. If you hear the stall warning horn, you should instantaneously go into a recovery mode because the next thing that's gonna happen is a stall. So I get it from that standpoint, 
But I'm also kind of old school in my teaching. I may be young, but I'm old school stick and runner in my teaching in that I believe students should learn the entire envelope of their airplane from the fastest speed to the slowest possible speed and learn how the aircraft interacts. I'm talking within limits, right? The upper and lower limits of our, of our uh, VG diagram, our envelope. You ever heard someone say, you're pushing the envelope? Non-aviators use that term all the time. That comes from aviation. You're pushing the, the VG diagram, pushing our envelope, meaning if you exceed the envelope, what the envelope really is, is it says, hey, the airplane will stall before it breaks apart if you stay within the envelope. So when someone says you're pushing the envelope, that means, hey, your, your savior of a stall isn't gonna happen. You're gonna end up breaking the airplanes. What's gonna happen next? If you follow me with that, so that phrase, your interesting aviation fact for the day. Um, so I want students to learn it all. So I teach my students, and I would encourage you to ask your CFIs to do the same. Hey, can we, could you show me slow flight from back in the olden days, perhaps? <laughs> PTS slow flight's not that old. It's four or five years is the change. Um, but teach me and show me old school slow flight, perhaps. That would be super cool. Uh, and then show me, I call it this way. I say, hey, here's how Jason is going to show you slow flight. And here's how your checkride examiner is going to want to see slow flight. PTS versus ACS. I'll show that because I want students to feel how sloppy the controls get when that stall warn horn is on. I want them to make small turns and changes. I want them to work through these things. It's just vitally, vitally important, I believe, that we do such. So again, just my professional opinion. I've gotten some backlash on that, but you know what? You're not doing your job if you're not getting some backlash sometimes, but ACS and PTS, I think it's important to really be teaching both. And then let's wrap this podcast by talking about stalls. And I actually wanna be very specific when I talk about stalls. I had a huge fear of stalls. Who here ever had a fear of stalls? Uh, we put, push this out as a video as well. So uh, YouTube and Facebook, I'm raising my hand right now because I had a fear of stalls. If you have the ability to comment where you're at right now, type in me in the in the comments. Say, me, Jason, I had a fear of stalls. Um, if this relates to you on Facebook, on YouTube, I realize on, on the podcast app you can't comment, but perhaps you're driving to work right now or at the gym and you're thinking, yeah, uh, that was me too. You can go find it on YouTube and let me know uh, as well to leave me a comment. But I had a fear of stalls that I had to overcome. I'm now super comfortable with turning stalls and spins and everything else. We'll, we'll get there. We'll talk about that in a second. But we have to work up to stalls. And a fear of stalls, I believe, comes from a lack of knowledge in why we're practicing stalls. We practice stalls to practice recoveries. Not to practice how to get into a stall. No one cares that you learn more about how we get into a stall, right? We care about the recovery aspect of it. Now, of course, I want you to learn the conditions that are conducive for a stall, most certainly. And I also want you to make the stall as realistic as possible, whether that's a power on or a power off stall. Yes, we need to make this as realistic as possible. However, I'm mostly all about the recovery. And that's where I want you to be spending the most time on this. Now, I want you also to work into your stalls. Power off stalls usually aren't that bad. Yeah, it's kind of an abrupt break, but you're not building up a lot of airspeed quickly. I find it's usually power on stalls that scare people the most, mostly because the nose just gets up so high. I mean, eventually you're logging rotorcraft time because you're hanging by the propeller, it seems like. 
So what I typically encourage is to work your way into power on stalls. Why do they have to be done at full power right away? They don't, it just says power on. Could we do it at 2200 RPMs to start? 2100 RPMs to start? Get comfortable with that. Next lesson, bump it up to 22, 2300 RPMs. Next lesson, then go full power. Just so you get more and more comfortable. I also realize there's some aircraft that will just not stall in a power on condition. 512 Romeo, uh, which is gonna be 512 Mike Zulu here soon, is very much like that. Those stall wing tips, man, if I put some VGs on that thing, it would just be a, it's a stall airplane. It would not, um, it, it literally just hangs by that propeller. It's only a 100 horsepower engine. If I put more engine on that, it would really take a long time to stall. It just hangs and hangs by that propeller sometimes. And when it does break, it does break hard. There's no doubt about it. Spins tight too. But I need you to work on your confidence with your CFI in your stall, especially power on. Power off's never really that bad. Power off's all about the recovery and bringing the flaps back up in the appropriate, correct manner, right? There's syntax to that. I can do all the right things, but syntax says I must do them in the right order. That's what a syntax error is on the computer. Something's out of order. I can have all the ingredients to bake a cake, but if I never turn on the oven, but I have an oven, right? I got a syntax error. I can make the greatest cake, but it's never gonna, nothing's gonna happen because it's not ending up in the oven with the oven on. You follow me? Syntax error with that. So we have to make sure of that. Lastly, we have to, and there's a video coming out this week, um, maybe not this week, but this month, I apologize, on turning stalls. The first time I ever did a turn install was on my private pilot check ride. It wasn't my instructor's fault, we just didn't know. I was already had a fear of stalling, then I had a check ride fear, and I had a fear of doing stalls on my check ride, and then the examiner, who was just the coolest guy, still is the coolest guy to this day, very good friends with him, said, okay, Jason, show me a power on turn install. I said, uh, a, a what, excuse me, a power on turn install? I didn't know you could do that. And he kind of said, like, are you serious? And I, again, you're you're not supposed to learn anything on a check ride, they say, but uh, it's hard not to. And I talked myself through one and he gave me the affirmations I needed to make it happen and it worked out. And I was very, very lucky that it did for the sake of my passing my private pilot check ride. But I see it time and time again in the M0A Nation Facebook group. I see it time and time again. And by the way, if you're not in the M0A Nation Facebook group, I would encourage you to head on over there so you can check that out. Just go on Facebook, you can search M0A Nation. So you can go ahead and check that out as well. So um, anyways, yes, I, I, I see it all the time in the Nation Facebook group that individuals go into their check ride and are amazed that I can't believe they asked me to do turning stalls. I'm on a mission to educate everybody that turning stalls can and very well may be on even your private pilot check ride. So I wanna make sure you just get out there, practice those and are, are aware of those and do them with your, uh, with your flight instructor, please. If not, your, whoever does your mock check ride, do those with them as well. So we covered a lot. We talked about steep turns. Uh, using the trim technique and hand flying it. We talked about PTS versus ACS slow flight. We talked about power on, power off, and then turning stalls, which can be done, by the way, in the power on or power off configurations. There's a lot to do in the private pilot realm. I need you to remember this. 
the ACS is just good enough, right? The ACS is just getting by. And in my book, just getting by is not acceptable, right? We have to continue to push beyond. That's where I want you to truly be. That's where I want you striving for. So M Missouri Nation, thank you for making this one of the top aviation podcasts on, on iTunes. It is outstanding. Thank you for your five-star reviews. If you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook, thank you for the shares. Thank you for the subs. Thank you for the follows and the likes. It means the world to us. Believe it or not, I read every single comment and we get thousands of comments. I mean, across all our channels, we get around 20,000 views uh, every single day. If you think about that, to put that in perspective, Madison Square Garden, the, the arena in New York, seats around 19,000 people. So every single day, 20,000 people watch our content. That's like filling Madison Square Garden every single day. We are blessed. And we have an amazing team that helps me keep up with all your comments and phone calls and live chats. I mean, this is... Uh, this is a team that is dedicated to you all, dedicated to the Missouri Nation, which is really the Missouri family. We are here to serve you. We're here to make you that safer, smarter pilot. I realize we are in some crazy times right now. I would encourage you uh, to get that mentor, and I'm happy to be that mentor for you. Just head into that M0A Nation Facebook group so we can have that relationship together. Get in the online ground school so we can have that relationship every Tuesday, interact like that. We're here for you all, and I'll be your mentor whether you're a ground school member or not because our mission is bigger than capitalism and making money. Our mission is to make aviation safer. We do that through our family, and we do that through encouraging you all to pursue mastery in everything that you do. So this week, and I truly mean this every time, if I ever come across as sounding superficial, call me out on it because this comes from the heart. I never want to get to a place where it's just rote, that it just comes out, right? This, this is my heart speaking, not my head. That if there's anything we can do to make you that safer, smarter pilot, please, please, please don't hesitate to reach out. You have a dedicated M0A team, M0A family that is here to serve you. Family takes care family. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And most importantly, remember that a good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you.